Hi, so the Bible reading tonight is from Isaiah chapter 66, if you want to follow along. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favour. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person, and whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood, and whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. They have chosen their own ways, and they delight in their abominations. So I also will choose harsh treatment for them, and will bring on them what they dread. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight and choose what displeases me. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your own people who hate you and exclude you because of my name have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy. Yet they will be put to shame. Hear that uproar from the city. Hear that noise from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord repaying his enemies all they deserve. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers a son. Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. Do I bring to the moment of her birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice greatly with her. All you who mourn over her, For you will nurse and be satisfied. At her comforting breast, you will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For with fire and with his sword, the Lord will execute judgment on all people, and many will be those slain by the Lord. Those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one who is among those who eat the flesh of pigs, rats and other unclean things. They will meet their end together with the one they follow, declares the Lord. And I, because of what they have planned and done, am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survive to the nations, to Tarshish, to Libyans and Lydians, famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece, and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations, and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord, on horses, in chariots and wagons, and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them as the Israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the Lord in ceremonially clean vessels, and I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another, and from another Sabbath to another, 
all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. Let me add my uh, welcome uh, to that of Joel's. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of the volunteer pastors here at Soul Revival. Uh, and it is my uh, pleasure and privilege uh, to bring our Isaiah series to a close as we look at the very end of uh, Isaiah. Um, I wonder, as you uh, think about uh, where we're at right now, we have uh, both school holidays and COVID upon us. Um, which is both a positive uh, and a negative. But I do want to add a bit of a positive spin uh, to the little uh, conundrum that we're uh, in in the moment. And that is, if you are um, a mad football fan and you are stuck at home, there is a festival of football on. Uh, Due to COVID uh, last year, both the Euro uh, and the Copa America, where uh, the best teams in Europe play each other and the best teams in South America play each other, they both got postponed last year, and so they are happening right now simultaneously uh, during the nights here in Sydney. Uh, and so if you are into football and you are stuck at home, beautiful. It's an amazing time uh, to be alive. Uh, but for some people, um, these competitions mean a little bit more than, uh, than it does to others, particularly if uh, you're a fan of the English side. And I know quite a few of us here at Soul Revival are friends of the English. And the reason that it's particularly special for them, particularly important, is that England invented football. Uh, but they don't quite live up to that fact. Uh, in fact, it's been almost uh, 60 years since England has won a major championship. And so in England, they long for the return of football back uh, to their shores Uh, and they have a a little song Uh, it's called football's coming home Uh, and to show you just how uh, much they long to be victorious again um, i've got ethan to prep a, a video for us from the 2018 world cup semi-final for England since 1990. Have you anything to say, David? It's coming home. It is coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Come on, England! Oh, there it is. (laughs) You can touch it. It's coming home. So there is a sense of longing in England for football to come home. 
but that's not the only thing that uh, people long for. And I wonder um, what it is that you long for uh, in life. Uh, we often long for things that we don't have and seem uh, far off. I know here on Friday there were quite a few of the young crew here who have been longing for these school holidays for a long time. And I'm sure in a couple of weeks there will be a few parents who are longing for the return of school again. Um, if your answer to my question of what do you long for is coffee, um, can I ask that you have another think about what it is we long for? And why do you think it is that we, we long for things? Do you long for the end of, uh, of pain that you're feeling? Uh, do you long for a relationship to get fixed? Do you, do you long to be in a relationship um, at all? Do you long for something that's been wrong, that where you've been wronged to be fixed? We long for things because we have a sense in ourselves that the world isn't right the way that it is. And that can be really hard. In the book of Isaiah, we see here a longing that Israel has. The book of Isaiah covers a huge chunk of the history of Israel. Um, you may be familiar. I'm going to get uh, Ethan to put a map up on the screen in front of you. You may remember this from early on in our series. Uh, this was a map of Israel and the surrounding nations um, right before um, the Assyrian conquest. Uh, so Assyria, you may remember, Assyria from, was coming from the north uh, and all the nations were trying to figure out how they would defend themselves against this mighty oncoming nation. For Israel, they had... A couple of choices. They longed to be safe, but didn't know how to get it. And they had two options, uh, which Tim very helpfully reminded us of a couple of weeks back. The first was that they could go to the nations around them, and they could seek allies and and uh, soldiers and warriors and physical strength to fight off this um, incoming nation. Alternatively, as Isaiah said um, with a message from God, which was, look to Zion. Come to me and I will give you refuge from this oncoming um, invasion. For you see, uh, the Assyrians were coming on God's command and they were coming as punishment for the sins of the nations and the sins of Israel. For God is a just and good God and despises sin and evil and he had had enough of the sins of the nations around them, around Israel, his people. And so he brought the Assyrians through um, and this map would change very suddenly and all of those nations would go and be replaced with the Assyrian Empire. But of course the Assyrians were sinful too and so God brought justice and judgment upon them when the Babylonians came through and took over the empire. And for those Israelites that survived, that remnant of Israel that was faithful, they were carried off into exile. For see, God had made a promise to Abraham that he would make a great nation. And so the Israelites were, were sent into exile to live in Babylon, away from Jerusalem. And that punishment was more than just 
uh, the Israelites being forced to move away from home. It was also symbolic in the fact that God's home was in the temple, in the centre of Jerusalem. And so Israel being separated from them was a symbol that their sin was too much for God, uh, too much for God. And God couldn't be in relationship with them anymore because God is good and perfect. And so the Israelites were cast out to Babylon. And so the longing that the Israelites had had changed. You see, no longer did they long to be safe from the nations. They had realized that their focus was wrong and that they should have looked to Zion. And so the Israelites uh, in Babylon suddenly have a longing to come home. They long to be with God again and they longed to cast their eyes on Jerusalem. And God in his uh, promises uh, had a plan to bring them home. And we pick that up in Isaiah 66, uh, starting at verse 18, which I'll read for you now. And I, because of what they have planned and done, am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survived to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans and Lydians, to Tubal and Greece and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord on horses, in chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them as the Israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the Lord in ceremonially clean vessels. And I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth I will, I, that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your name and your descendants endure. God has a plan to bring not only Israel home to Jerusalem, but also for his message to go out beyond Israel beyond the people of Israel, to the nations around them, that the promise of a new home is open to many, many people. But the problem is they can't just come home to be with the temple. The judgment of their sin and their punishment for their sin has to be dealt with because God is just. And so in uh, uh, the start of Isaiah 66, we have this. Let me read this for you from from verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they come into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favour. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit... And who tremble at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person. And whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood. And whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. 
They have chosen their own ways and they delight in their abominations. So I will choose harsh treatment for them and will bring on them what they dread. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your own people who hate you and exclude you because of my name have said, Let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy. Yet they will be put to shame. Hear that uproar from the city. Hear that noise from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord repaying his enemies all they deserve. Before she goes into labour, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers a son. Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labour than she gives birth to her children. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All who love her rejoice greatly with her. All who mourn over her, for you will nurse and be satisfied. At her comforting breasts you will bring deeply and delight in overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and be dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Israel had sinned and their sin had separated them from God. And so God brought upon them punishment uh, and justice through the Assyrians and then the Babylonians. And over the course of their exile, the Israelites came to, came to understand their wrong and, their, and came to a repentance for their sin. And that exile was punishment. That was the punishment. That was the justice that was served that allowed them to come home. See, it took pain before there could be a rebirth and a renewal. There had to be justice before Jerusalem and Israel could be made new. But there's more to this newness than just Israelites coming home. If we see from uh, Isaiah 65, uh, in verse 17, we see that this, this rebirth, this new Jerusalem, is bigger than just any city. Verse 17 of Isaiah 65. See... I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard no more. Not only will Jerusalem be made new, but it will be a place where there's no more pain, no more crying, no more suffering, where no one will long for anything because everything will be right. And I thought to myself as I'm reading through this passage that that sounds eerily like something I've read in the New Testament. And so I flick across uh, to Revelation 21. In Revelation 21... uh, Starting at verse 
square of a verse, sorry, verse 1. Yeah, right at the beginning. Revelation 21, verse 1. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be uh, their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things had passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God's promises to Israel through Isaiah were bigger than just a new city for those who were in exile, those longing to come home. It was a new creation for all people. At the start, I asked you um, what it is that you long for. And now I ask, as you think of those things, where do you seek for your longing to be satisfied? Israel longed for safety and ignored God because they sought help from the nations around them. How often do we look uh, to the world around us to satisfy our longings? And how easy is it when we do that to disobey God and what he would have us do? But Israel, in their exile, realised that only God can satisfy the longings that they have, their longing to return to Jerusalem to be with him. But God's promise to Israel uh, that they could return to, to him and be with him, that they would be his people and he would be their God, extends beyond, again, beyond those in, in exile, beyond those in Babylon. It extends to us too as we live in exile in a world surrounded by people who do not believe in God. And so what are we to do in our exile? For you see, we have all sinned. We have all disobeyed God and therefore we're all separated from a relationship with God. And so how do we, like the Israelites, come home? We do the same thing that Tim encouraged us to do a couple of weeks ago. Look to Zion. Look to Jerusalem. Look to God's holy city on a hill. To his home in the temple. And I want to look now uh, at John chapter 2. As we look at the temple and we look at Jesus in that temple. In John chapter 2 starting at verse 13. 
When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So he made a whip of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. Even after their return from the exile, the Israelites still sought things outside of God. Even within the very temple that they had longed to be home in, they turned it into a marketplace and a den of thieves. Yet Jesus, God's son, realises the, the, the sacredness of being in a relationship with God that the temple represented. Yet he understood that a relationship with God is more than just buildings of stone. Jesus himself being the son of God. Became the temple for us. You see in Jesus death and resurrection. He took the sin that we deserve. On himself. Jesus was perfect. He did not sin. And he was the son of God. And on the cross. He took the punishment that we deserve for our sin. So that our exile could end. And he became the way in which we could be reconciled to God again. And so when we say now, look to Zion, we're not interested in a temple that took 46 years to build, made of stone. We look to the one who is the son, the son of God. For those of you that have heard the message of Jesus before and have, and have come to God in repentance and faith, and call yourselves and profess that you are Christian. What are you to do? What do we do with this story of Isaiah? Well, we need to remember whenever we long for something, to seek first God, to be for satisfaction. It's quite easy in a world that's broken, particularly right now as all the uncertainties of COVID unfold in front of us. 
to seek out things in the world to satisfy us. To be distracted um, away from God and to chase other things. And my encouragement to you is, no, let's stay focused on Zion. Stay focused on God's holy hill. Stay focused on Jesus Christ, God's son. But what about uh, those of us who are online, who are still exploring things of faith and haven't quite figured out yet this Jesus? My encouragement to you too, to look very closely at what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done. Because the God of the universe is a just God. He does not put up with evil and he will not put up with evil forever. Just as his patience ran out on Israel back in the time of Isaiah and he brought judgment and justice upon them, he too will bring justice and judgment upon this whole world. He will not put up with sin forever. But he's not just a God of justice. He's also a God of mercy. And he offers you now refuge. There is, just like Tim said, for the, for the people of Israel, when the Assyrians came, that they could seek refuge in Zion. So too can all of us seek refuge in Jesus in his death and his resurrection. And so I implore you all to look to Jerusalem.